we are on uh, day two of the, the retreat uh, here in Saranath with the meditation instructions with you this morning I would like to give some emphasis to working with pain and a little bit more detail with regard to the whole of the day before exploring that with you I'd like to take the time with the overview and what I have uh, in mind here is the um, aspects of uh, immediate environment, social and uh, ecological and uh, food. I'd just like to touch uh, on these three areas, hopefully of uh, interest and importance here. It is part of the retreat here, it's part of the mindfulness uh, practice uh, here. We have appreciated, we, Tora and I, your good uh, support and suggestions, some of which were coming from the last uh, retreat, to explore ways to bring more environmental uh, awareness into this immediate environment. And the uh, uh, outcome of that is finding alternatives to the use of the chemicals in cleaning, the washing up, uh, and much more. And Lud from, uh, is here from uh, uh, Russia, kindly went to the, uh, the village and checking out what alternative materials are available. And we've been putting that information uh, together. Daniel, who is uh, sitting uh, here, g- gave a very helpful uh, note to us uh, 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 yesterday. And if anyone else as well has any um, uh, suggestions, please don't speak, but just write it on a piece of paper, put it on the notice board for Dora, and we can uh, adapt that. So that the intention is that we, you, we switch fully over towards uh, organic use of cleaning agents and that applies to uh, the washing of the uh, plates and dishes and so forth. It applies to the cleaning of uh, uh, the, the tables and uh, more, to the maximum that we can and to minimise as much as we can uh, the, the wastage about the plastic and the burning of the plastic and the burying of the plastic that's still under some discussion at the moment many references to that would also be written would be helpful from you as uh, as well with the longer intention to <coughs> inform the abbot of this and with hundreds of people here to give him a clear proposal and what is available in the village uh, <coughs> um, as well uh, there. The second is uh, the <coughs> the social aspect here and what I have in uh, mind here. Firstly, a very big thank you for the uh, good disciplines that you've uh, exercised uh, so far with with regard to the uh, uh, use, or should we say, non-use of the uh, mobile phone, uh, 
really uh, appreciated. It contributes to, of course, my heart and space with the mind, more in touch with the reality of things uh, there. And it's not a, a distraction in any way. And do keep your good vigilance um, alive with that, particularly the two or three of you who are here who do need to have some contact with a, a person who needs your support, young or old or whoever um, there. With regard to the, the social aspect here, I've uh, got a couple of things in mind. The large blankets and the mattresses are only intended for the rooms. Uh, the only exception, if you are over 65 and uh, the bones are a little whatever, uh, need uh, there, then of course um, it is fine here in the hall. But um, some people here are on a very thin mattress in their room and we need the mattresses in here so we can provide uh, that person the, the mattress there. And uh, one or two other people uh, do need, like one who's down here, the heavy blanket uh, which are there because some people are cold at night. We have no blankets but they are in the hall here. So uh, we very much appreciate if you need something under the feet, something, uh, find something else, your, your, your shawl, do feel free to use those thin blankets in here. Uh, of course, that would be really, really uh, uh, helpful. With the uh, other uh, area as well, and uh, this is in terms of the, 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 food, uh, the food line there, there's also some discussion going on about the amount of dairy products we use and much else. But do remember, both for the fact and for its symbolic significance as, uh, as well, that those who are in the front of the line or in the first half of the line do, do re need to remember others towards the back of the line. And so if you take a large spoon of um, whatever, or spoonfuls of whatever it might be, it might be shortening the amount which is left over for others. It has happened already on the retreat, uh, there, uh, there. So mindfulness is inner and outer. Uh, there. And so you can, of course, come back a second time, but do please, first uh, half of you in the queue buzzword, it's middle way, it is moderation, it is care uh, and support for others there. You may see us, particularly with the small group, at the 11.45 sitting through until 12.30. There, sometimes that group, of course, might run over five or ten uh, minutes. So the group hasn't had the opportunity to come up yet for the food. Please do not go up for a second <coughs> serving until every one of those people who uh, are in the small group have come, have received their uh, food, and therefore, you know, everybody has received, and then to come back the second time. But again, moderation, moderation, moderation. Uh, uh, moderation. So the good support from each and every person uh, here with 
regard to the mattresses, with regard to the large blankets, is uh, very much appreciated. Very much appreciated your kind support with the uh, awareness and mindfulness of the uh, uh, organic materials for the cleansing. If you see that the uh, those large bowls uh, which are being used uh, for the clean, cleaning of the plates uh, there, then please do um, pick up that bowl, not to put the, the dirty water uh, on, the, on the grass or on the plants, but actually to put it uh, in the toilet because uh, the, water, the food things have the salt in it and uh, other things not helpful for the ground uh, and then just pour it away, refill it and bring it back. So do keep your eyes and ears open with regard to the cleansing of your plate, especially, especially the lunchtime but other times as well so that there's a regular uh, uh, change which is uh, taking place and that again really really would be helpful and collectively we put these things into practice and application it really is for the good health and the welfare and support of each other and part of the practice here mindfulness inwardly and uh, uh, outwardly with the uh, the day and the and the meditations uh, there one of the phenomena which does uh, uh, arrive uh, enough, of course, is the area and issue of pain. Here, when referring to pain, it's only in reference to the physical. Other words like suffering or stress or tension or contraction, uh, greed, blame, negativity, fear, all of that is in the emotional, psychological world. So the word pain here is only uh, used with regard to the physical and the word sensation is also only used with regard to the physical. That's how we use it. When we're speaking of matters of the heart and we use the word language of uh, feelings uh, uh, here and in matters of the body we use the word sensations just to make uh, a difference and trust it would be a little helpful. With the physical pain which may arise for some uh, uh, people there, there are the various locations uh, uh, for it. And as referred to yesterday uh, evening uh, with the talk, there is the event, it's called the pain, and then secondly there is the relationship to uh, it. And uh, with uh, uh, pain, sometimes, and this is part of the exploration and the understanding, is the pain, so to speak, 100% physical? It can be. It's a physical event. There is enough calm and clarity and mindfulness and quiet concentration to see the phenomena of physical pain manifesting and being experienced in the moment, moments uh, there, and it has nothing whatsoever to do with the state of mind, got nothing whatsoever to do 
with uh, unresolved emotional issues. It is not created by the mind whatsoever. It is a physical phenomena which is manifesting uh, there and it certainly requires some work. Such physical pain is common to the Buddhas, the awakened ones, the wise, the saints, the sages, the insightful, as much as it is for everyday human beings. This is there. There is physical pain which arises, and this physical pain has, to varying degrees, a situation where it is a combination of um, mind and body and the, there is the pain which may arise first not always, may arise first and from its arising there comes a reaction to it sometimes resistance of course the desire to stop to uh, get uh, rid of to avoid and more and that force from within not wanting the pain actually inflames it the very thing that one doesn't want and is fighting against is the pressure which feeds into the pain and the pain intensifies itself there. it is possible for a short period but it won't last of avoiding or denying the pain re repressing the pain pushing it far away from consciousness to not experience it but it's a little bit like pulling a, a rubber band away it will just fly back yeah. far too much of the medication which, we, which is offered to us in daily life with physical pain um, though it may sometimes of course be a necessary but sometimes it's just pushing away the symptoms pushing away the conditions uh, uh, for it it will still be there it might be below consciousness we may not feel that pain so much but it's going to affect our lives we may not feel it but it's going to affect our lives so our practice in the exploration of mindfulness of breathing is one is to be able to distinguish it's not easy what is physical pain in that as mentioned the word pain may be a precise accurate description or it may be part of the problem with the pain but that is the physical pain uh, which arises uh, there to quietly bring the mindfulness to the object i.e. the pain notice where it is and just recognize that there is not a consistency in pain this means that in some location where the pain is it might be quite strong maybe an epicenter really sharp and difficult to handle there may be edges around that pain there may be a wider sense of that pain and with the mindfulness we can direct it towards being as it were above the pain and going into it from above 
chipping away at it, if it's let's say the knee, from the side, looking at and exploring it from underneath uh, there, and all of this will contribute to learning to have a relationship with the pain in which you're not afraid of it, you are willing to explore that pain there, uh, look uh, into it, recognize that if you take away your resistances, if you drop your fears of, you will be closer to it, that may therefore bring it out even more strongly because you haven't got the barriers and the walls of division, so that there is a bare mindfulness or bare consciousness to the object. It's right there. This is, quote-unquote, pain, and you're quietly working with it. It can be that with the pain which is arising, that the calm which we, and clarity and fearlessness which we wish to bring to it may still be very challenging so therefore we return to the breath and what is quite helpful the outgoing breath and to breathe in and to breathe out and breathe in and breathe out and on the outgoing breath breathe out through the pain so to breathe in and breathe out through the pain I remember it's uh, 38 years ago and my uh, good partner, Guan Win, was, uh, went into uh, labor. Uh, so, with the uh, uh, labor, it went on and on, and we had an ca- agreement that uh, we would do the mindfulness of breathing in and breathing out uh, together, and the mums in the room here will know the... And so we were doing it uh, together. Uh, the, the midwife wanted us to uh, induce early and not our cup of tea. And so we just kept on uh, doing this. The uh, labour went on for doing this breathing. Of course, she had the pain. Doing the breathing for 42 to 43 hours. It was a rather a long uh, labour. I mean, frankly, sometimes I didn't know if I was having the baby or she was having it. Sometimes when you're doing mindfulness of breathing for that long, wow, does the consciousness go a few places? I mean, it's pretty interesting. Anyway, less of that. And then eventually, the baby, um, finally, Nashona, our daughter, started to come. The midwife had given up all hope of controlling the situation. The doctor had uh, left us. We had the scene to ourselves uh, uh, there. And uh, Nishona w- w- was born, nice tradition of this in India, with Gwenwin standing up, uh, m- me beside her, and this one dropping, uh, uh, dropping her out onto a little bit of carpet and blanket uh, on, on the floor. Uh, uh, there and what abused me that she was so intense and she had her arm around my neck 
and I was getting straggled. I couldn't get. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought, my gosh, at the same moment, there could be a birth and a death. <laughs> that would get a paragraph of the local paper, <laughs> etc. All, all, all is well. So sometimes with the working uh, with pain, the pain that uh, uh, we experience, it really is a, a, a practice. If we really do this practice, we will use, for any kind of pain, far less often, maybe not at all, um, painkillers. They are a brief, temporary solution, but they're not the resolution of the pain. And with our good practice here, and the same principle uh, applies as well with the standing meditations and so forth. There is pain which is felt in the body, which is owing to the condition of the mind. Feelings, emotions, history, past, background, tensions, pressure, demands to be successful in our meditation or whatever. And all of that, terribly easy, feeds in to the body. Much ill health is due to unresolved issues um, with uh, the inner life and because the intimacy of mind and body, nama, rupa, is so close, uh, it impacts. You know, sometimes, I mean, a simple example, somebody says something uh, to you, you feel really embarrassed by what she or he said to you there's an immediate flush and the face goes red. I mean, just from one single emotion of what one word somebody said to us, it went whoop, and the skin has changed colour. It's that close, this intimacy of heart, mind and body. Uh, so what about the situations where there's worry, anger, fear, anxiety? Ooh, that is really eating up peace of mind. That's really impacting uh, upon the physical life, slowly and in the long term, as well. So, sometimes, and this has happened to give a fairly graphic example of this. Years ago, on a retreat in the United States, a young Jesuit priest, lovely, handsome man from the Caribbean, uh, there, he, in his teens, was involved in a railway accident and he lost both legs. So he used the wheelchair, of course, to uh, move around. He came into the hall and then placed himself. So he lost the legs from above the knees uh, uh, there. And he said, at times, he was experiencing pain in his ankles and in his knees, yet he knew they weren't there. And he found himself opening his eyes to confirm that he had no legs. But he said the sensation that was coming out and the pain that was coming out was as real as if he, as if he had and sometimes the image, the sankara, the, the nimitta, the sense of it, the image of it, or, what, or whatever, of that formation, can be so strong 
even though it was a decade before he'd lost the legs. The retention of it was so strong it can land and impose itself in the present. And there can be situations just here with the meditations and to give a, one of the examples of it here you're engaged in this case in the sitting meditation you are waiting for the uh, uh, end of the sitting even the disbelievers start praying to God for the end of the sitting there and you're feeling so much pain going on in a part or all of the body and you've decided you're going to wait for the great liberation uh, there at the end of the sitting uh, there and Christopher then hits the gong and in the moment that the gong goes the relief the waiting, the impatience, the demand has gone and the bodily pain has gone with it. Well, if the bell had the capacity to dissolve your bodily pain, I, I promise you, I would be ringing the bell every five minutes, you know, because I know I'm releasing the pain. So, in the wanting something to finish is creating a pressure and the pressure seems to be owing, caused by the bodily pain it may not be maybe that there was some bodily pain it wasn't that much there was some discomfort you got near to the end and the pressure has made it pain and it quite often happens gosh, I could sit here for a long time. And others go off and do their walking or their groups or whatever it might be. And sometimes, well, where did all that pain disappear to? Where did it all go? So we're keenly interested in pain which is of the body. Pain which is of the body and mind and pain which is of the mind and experienced in the body. All three are possible, we are human. And this a bit of a challenge to know that. Making good use of the breath with regard to this, as I just um, mentioned uh, uh, to you. With the day, walking meditation times. If you're lying on the, reclining on the, on, on the lawn, please make sure it is a real, when you, if you use a reclining posture on the lawn, wonderful, do it. But just remember one thing, it is a horizontal mindfulness meditation posture. It is not Goa Beach. It's a different ballgame. And the calm steadiness and stillness of the uh, posture outside of the hall, as well as the yoga at the beginning of the day, will and does give us a lot of support for being in here. What happens out there supports what's in here. What's in here, because of the inter interconnectedness, gives support to outdoors. So we want the, the fullness of the day. 
with the day I've put up on the notice board uh, the groups one at 10.15 through to 11 and one from uh, 11.45 to 12.30 I will put up in a little while some the spaces and to this afternoon and all day tomorrow primarily I'll be meeting with those of you who wish to come on the one-to-one who are participating uh, in the first uh, retreat. So I really want to <coughs> check in with you, as many of you as possible, both uh, this afternoon and uh, throughout uh, tomorrow. <coughs> of course, if there are one or two people who have just arrived, really want to come for a one-to-one, uh, let me know and I'll certainly make the space uh, for you. Just very, very briefly, just to uh, finish with the instructions this morning. So today, we're still giving mindfulness to the breathing in the sitting posture. We will make it the primary uh, uh, object. And we are including uh, today the painful uh, periods there in which you can depart from the breath and just go to that painful area uh, of uh, the body, or painful areas. We're also looking with regard to the meditations at the beginning of the meditation, so important, the middle, so important, and the end, because all of life is around beginning, middles and end, and it's important, what is our relationship to what starts in our life, what stays in our life, and what finishes in our life. Just in these last, um, last week, one email has come, the relationship, which was for 30 years, has just finished, the guy is moving out. Day later, another email, relationship, the two people together, six and a half years, it has just uh, finished guy emailed me and he said you're thinking of coming to yeah, India third relationship there uh, three years and that is just finished just in the space of three days impermanence change letting go all very well sitting on the meditation cushion oh everything is impermanent and philosophizing in the chai shop Uh, it is impermanent there is nothing worth clinging and holding on to but this world talks a lot about impermanence and letting go it talks far too much about it we've got to see really be clear about it and in terms of relationships there, friendship relationships, close, intimate, romantic uh, relationships, and uh, other kind of family dynamics, uh, etc. There, to be extremely clear in this changeable, insecure, unsure world that we live in, there is no assurance whatsoever of the continuity of relationships. And some of them, as you and I know only too well, 
that in the dynamics of all of this, some relationships may stay around for decades for economic reasons. Some may stay in the relationships simply because it's habitual, but the love is long gone. It's gone cold, it's gone dry, but it's convenient. And for many, many of us here, whatever, and in the spiritual world, in the Dharma world, there's probably more changes going on in dynamics of relationship as people change and evolve in different directions and have different priorities. We cannot have any assurance of the continuity of the close, intimate relationship. That's how it is, and we need to be quite clear about it, and trust and explore and nourish the beginning of the relationship, sustain it and be receptive, listen in the middle, and when she or he or both together decide to bring it to a conclusion uh, there, hopefully we have the skill and the kindness and the wisdom to make that transition without the hurt, the pain, the anguish, the sleepless nights and the anguish of it all because we took something for granted which could not be taken for granted. And that's a quiet commitment so that sometimes, and some of us who have been in relationships, longer term and the shorter term there, that afterwards Though there is some sadness, of course, over it, but we can still find in our being a friendship with that person. We can make the transition to a friendship. Let her or him move on with their life and not attack and blame them, nor put ourselves down because change took place. So our time here, looking at change, Exploring it in its in-breath and out-breath, the changes of the day, but keeping in mind are the areas of our life where change, birth, life and death, we need to be wise and clear about it. Disappointment, hurt, uh, anger, grief, despair, sorrow is not a proof of love. It's a proof of the absence of it. And it's a tremendous challenge in life, and I know some of you here very well, and of course myself as well, we've been in relationships, know a relationship, and with the challenge of making these uh, uh, transitions. And that's part of this exploration, to live wisely in the face of change. My goodness me, the Buddha emphasized it enough. to find the wisdom in the face of change. It is a core principle of these teachings. Anicca vata samkara. All that which is formed together is subject to change. It can't be made clearer. Right, let's have some uh, sitting meditation together, shall we? Thank <laughs> you.